It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can't believe you won't drink beer through a hot dog. It would have been good for the show. Probably wouldn't have been good for my body. Why? You drink beer, you eat hot dogs. I don't know, man. Just the mixture of hot dog juices and beer. I don't think it would taste good, but it wouldn't put you in danger. There are things we do when we are up-and-coming media people to try to raise profile get garner attention and this would have been a good one for you. it's like abstract hazing it's like things that we do in the media when we're new you don't think i did stupid wacky goofy shit all the time on the radio in kansas city and houston the <laughs> only you... reason i want to make this clear the only reason i'm not making you do it <laughs> as a prerequisite of the show is because we're so late now that it's been done by so many people. They understand the gimmicks that we sometimes are resorted, forced to resort to. Okay. But that's right. You give me a gimmick that doesn't involve putting something inside of my body. I it's got drinking a beer. 100%. The 100% does not even apply there. What do you mean it doesn't apply? I'm saying 100%. I understand what you're saying. Okay, but you... Disappointing. Welcome in. It is another episode of What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast and YouTube show. We are right around the corner from 60,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you're listening to this on your phone, if you're a podcast listener, click the subscribe button. I don't know what our podcast subscription numbers are, but if you're watching this on YouTube and you'd like to subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify, we would greatly appreciate that. This past, the, the previous show this week was our longest show by a mile. It was an hour and 12 minutes long. And that was in part because I had been off work for a week, in part because I'm still not on television yet this week because we have an important, exciting announcement regarding First Things First coming soon, but that is temporarily keeping me off the air. All good things, though. Today, we're still not on TV right now, but we're not going to go an hour 12. We're going to do our best to stick to the format and keep the podcast around 40 minutes. So let's get right to it. First, let's discuss what we're not discussing today. Here's what did not make the cut for today's show. Any Jimmy G scenario possible, Nick Saban getting a record deal at Alabama, and the Yankee fan who uses a hot dog for a straw. That last one didn't make the show because DeMonze cowardly refused to participate in the bit for it. I don't know why. He's still angry that I'm even referencing it. And and there is, I am holding out small hope 
that, that his refusal to do this is all an elaborate ruse, and that in the final segment of today's show, Demonte's going to break out, uh, you know, a bud and a Nathan's hot dog. Definitely and show, be a, you, a say bud. it again. Definitely won't be a bud. You're like a Budweiser, or is a bud just like a term for beer? Yeah, no, a Budweiser. Oh yeah, right. no, definitely won't be doing it. Oh, all. what's wrong with a with a nice American lager, buddy? It's got to be like a Corona. Or something. Oh, okay, a Corona's good, all right, but I don't know if the Corona. I, I feel like doesn't matter. We're not doing it because Demonte said he's not doing it. So that's fine. He doesn't want to participate. So let's get to the actual show. Demonte, good to see you, even though I'm a little disappointed in you today. I have a feeling I think we're this starting... guy's actually disappointed that I don't want to do it. Yeah, of course that. I am, man. It, 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 of course I am, but that's fine. We'll move on. Don't worry about it. What are we starting with today? The cage, KD trade shenanigans are finally over after two months. Yep. After requesting a trade and issuing an ultimatum, KD has decided he's going to stay with the Nets. Yep. Uh, Last week, you said, or not last week, but last episode, you said Katie was definitely going to get traded from the Nets. Yep. So what happened to you? All right, so I, I credit to my two television co-hosts, who, in addition to being great partners, and I'm sure if asked to drink hot dog through a beer through a hot dog straw, they would have done it, unlike my <laughs> podcast partner. They both nailed this in a way that I didn't. The day of Katie's trade request, demand, I guess, July 1st, Kevin Wilds has a tweet where he's talking about all the different KD takes, and he has a gif of a roulette table, a roulette wheel. And he said, I'm going to put a few chips on the, after a few weeks, this all settles down and KD stays. And no one at the time was saying that. That's what happened. Also credit to Chris Broussard, who for the last six weeks on TV has been adamant with me that the Nets should hold firm that unless they are going to get the greatest return for any player in franchise history, they should tell Kevin Durant, you got four years left on your deal. You're not going anywhere. And that's exactly what happened. And so I incorrectly assumed that KD would not break the decade-plus-long streak of superstar players in this league getting exactly what they wanted. And even if it was slightly delayed, we have not seen a superstar that wanted to get traded not end up getting traded. James nope. Harden had to wait a couple of weeks longer than he wanted to, but guys who Ben Simmons, who's not even a superstar, had to wait a couple months longer than he wanted to, but they all got their way. So why didn't Durant get his way? I think it was a confluence of a bunch of somewhat unrelated events. The first reason that I truly believe Kevin Durant did not get his way has to do with Danny Ainge and the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think the Rudy Gobert trade was such a ridiculous return for such a, while good, clearly flawed player. It skewed the market for everything else. Yeah. And so if, it, the, I'm going to use a mediocre analogy here, but if you're thinking about selling your house, and you think your house is worth about, I don't know, call it $300,000. And a guy up the street who has a worse house than yours by every, by worse, smaller square footage, fewer bathrooms, more issues, worse roof, all that stuff, sells his house for $850,000. Right. Then all of a sudden, you're thinking, well, I have to get at least that. Right. And if you don't, then then you're probably like, well, then it's not the right time to sell. So I think the Gobert trade screwed up the marketplace 
significantly. I think it's affecting the ability to trade Donovan Mitchell. I think it's affecting a lot of things in the league right now. That's the first point. The second point is Kevin Durant handled this incredibly oddly. He did not go public with his trade request, but it nobody was disputing that it happened. He then met with Josiah and Sean Marks and demanded the coach and the GM be fired, which I thought was the checkmate move because how can you ask the coach and the GM to work with him uh, after he makes that demand? Right. He doesn't, he's active on Twitter. He doesn't dispute any of these things. Then it is reported he is contemplating retirement. He immediately comes to Twitter to dispute that notion, which while I don't think many people believed it, was really his one of his last remaining leverage pieces. And then at the end, when they announce, make this announcement that we're all one big happy family again, we're going to work together, he has his company, the boardroom's letterhead on it, alongside the Nets. So that was a joint announcement. So KD never put out any official statement demanding a trade, but he did let his company's letterhead be used on the announcement saying, we're not trading anybody. Right. So I think all of that was very odd. And I think Katie handled it in an odd way. I uh, The last piece of this is, I think Katie and myself underestimated the medal of Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, who I think ultimately, I thought Joe Sy was going to say, I just don't want this embarrassment, this distraction. What it would appear Joe Sy's motivations were i am not going to be told what to do by anyone 100 i am one of the richest people in the history of the world i am incredibly powerful i'm incredibly successful kevin durant is not dictating terms to me he took it as disrespect yes i think that's very clear that's what happened and katie realized okay i don't have any other options (laughs) any other great options the last piece of this is There was an odd report that we kind of discussed on the previous pod about the Grizzlies wanting to be involved. But in that report, it said the Grizzlies did not want to trade John Morant, fine. Jaron Jackson Jr., huh? Or Desmond Bain for Kevin Durant. Then there was a report the Pelicans considered Brandon Ingram untouchable. And then there was a report that the Celtics, while they would include Jalen Brown, would not include him in concert with either Marcus Smart or Robert Williams. So what does that tell you? That tells you the rest of the league, while no one denies how great Katie is, weren't trying to give. We're skeptical right. of trading for him when they were, I think, afraid, maybe a little afraid about his health, but more afraid that he's going to get sick of being here in a year or two. Right. And do this whole thing again. So all of those things came together to make it to where he's going to run it back. Now, I'll let you, we'll get into whether or not I think it can work in a moment. But it's incredibly odd. And I do not consider this story over. I think there are, I think it is now almost a guarantee that Durant is going to start the season with the Nets. And by the way, vindication for my season ticket purchase. How about that? While my takes went down in flames, those season tickets, you realize game one of this NBA season, 
you and me and your mom and one of your sisters and one of my sisters. Yeah, well, you got four tickets. So <laughs> one of them, one of them's going to get left out. Uh, are going to be row ten, center court, Barclays, watching Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Who are they playing Zion and then oh, and wow. the Pelicans. It's going to yeah. be so dope. So Hell in yeah. that regard, that's great. All right, now let's talk. Let's stay here and well, talk about how good they kind of wasn't thinking about that. Oh wait, I didn't finish the the thought. Just sorry. Yeah, you're. He's saying. going to start the season with the Nets. If shit goes sideways, if Ben Simmons still can't play, or if something happens to Kyrie, or if there's a big blow up with Steve Nash, really no right? telling what could happen with these guys. Honestly, not, no telling. The history. I do, and the other, and the other part of why there could be a trade midseason. A lot of these teams. Uh, Daryl Morey said this to me once, not long ago, and it's a smart point which was the reason this time of year, right before a season starts, is the hardest time to make a trade is because everyone loves their team. Everyone loves the moves they made in the offseason. Everyone loves their draft picks. Want to put them to work, see how it works out. But if we're six weeks into the season and say the Pelicans are like, oh, man, the Brandon Ingram looked great without Zion, but now with Zion, with the ball in his hands that much, and with CJ, he's kind of being minimized a bit. There are things that can happen that can make a team that otherwise wouldn't engage, re-engage, and if things are uncomfortable and bad in Brooklyn. So I don't, I am still not fully convinced Durant is finishing the year with the Nets, but he is going to start the year with the Nets, so I got that wrong. Go ahead, next. All right, uh, so... The Nets are now plus 900 to win the 2023 title. Yep. They have obviously got Ben, Kyrie, and Katie. Yeah. What do you think? Are the Nets contenders? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Wow. It is gobsmacking to me that people are going to step on this rake again. The, oh, on paper. I mean. Look at this team. This team was... 16 playoff wins away from a championship. (laughs) You need 16 wins to win a title. They got zero. (laughs) They were 16 wins away. Yeah. KD played all of their playoff games. Kyrie played all of their playoff games. Oh, but Nick Simmons, they add Ben Simmons. (laughs) They add, I've never seen so much love for TJ Warren, except for the two weeks in the bubble. He looked awesome. Guys played like 12 games since then. They, and they added Royce O'Neal. Those three additions, you lose Dragic, but he would, so what? You probably lose Blake, so what? That's fine. Those three additions are worth how many playoff wins? One and a half? Two? Okay. <laughs> now, if will they be better in the regular season? And therefore, not play a team as good as Boston in round one. Like, sure, but like, look at the things that happened with the Nets last year. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as Kyrie not playing, basically yeah, half the season. Uh, you know, yeah, Ben Simmons came. It came late, didn't play any games. Uh, Harden quit th- on him. Exactly. What do you What do you think happens when these guys start in the beginning of the season with each other? And like, I you, think you that- just think that the players won't mesh well because they're. I feel like with all of their skill levels, there's no reason they shouldn't be contenders. Yeah, on paper. Okay. But but the, the idea that we are, they did not make an earth-shattering player addition. Let's be clear. The, the, the Royce O'Neal and TJ Warren are rotational guys. Right. 
their major addition is Ben Simmons, who has not played a basketball game in <laughs> a year and a half. And when we've seen him in the playoffs, has been questionable at best. Let's call him that, right? The coach who had massive issues just from being a coach now has to deal with the fact that his star player, <laughs> who the iconic Steve Nash image of his entire Nets tenure, I'm going to show it to you because I don't know if you remember it, was after the best game of Kevin Durant's life, the game five against the Bucks, a game I was in attendance at, and Katie played all 48 minutes, had 48, 19, and 10 or something to yeah. potentially save their season. That's the image oh, yeah. of Nash just hugging him, giving him the giant bear hug. That guy said, fire him. Yeah. I mean, well, that's going to go great. Chemistry is definitely, but I just feel like they have no choice but to get that chemistry up. Okay. You got to make it or break it. Yeah, that's what everybody says, man, with this team. They're like, no, I do not believe in them as contenders. And this idea, everyone's like, oh, but Kyrie Irving, he's got to, he's learned his lesson. <laughs> no, he hasn't. <laughs> no, he has not. And that's, so that's they will, here's the problem for the Nets. At their best, they will look like one of the very best teams in basketball. In order to win a championship, you must be at that level for two months. They've barely been able to be at that level for two weeks over the last two years. So no, I don't think that's going to change. And they're still going to suck defensively, even with Ben Simmons. Okay, what's next? Okay, so after, <clears throat> sorry. after the KD news broke, Patrick Beverly took to Twitter to speak his mind. This goofball. Yeah, Beverly is basically saying, uh, t talking about how the situation was mishandled or handled poorly, should I say. Is Patrick Beverly just inserting himself or does he actually have a point? All right, here's the tweet. Y'all can sit and don't say nothing, but that ain't cool. It's dude with families out here and we haven't got a job because of this KD sh**. And to be on and off ain't cool. Blessing, gang. Beverly then tweeted, it's not good business. These owners can't wait until new deal comes. All we doing is hurting the future. Good day. Blessing game. KD then tweets, hashtag blame KD. And Beverly says, damn gang, who said I was talking about you? That part was crazy. I'm speaking that about <laughs> how it was done. Both sides need to keep this private. But noted, all of this was crazy. First of all, <laughs> damn gang, who said I was talking to you about you? You, buddy. That that part's crazy. When he uh, said because of this KD shit. Yeah, it, that's wild, but I'm not. His initial point does. I, I don't really like how this well, I, honestly. But now that you say that, I think that you made a good point about it. Uh, the owner not being disrespected by mm -hmm. Katie or being little road kind of makes sense because Katie didn't seem to stall out and he wanted to stay there. He stalled out and ended up staying there because he had no choice, had no choice. So in that sense, I guess you really can't and, blame. And, but the other part of listen, the whole thing, Beverly, it, it is just it's such a ludicrous he, again, I've made this point for and I will make it again. You, If you want to talk trash about Kevin Durant, you must either be a great, great basketball player yeah. or not a basketball player. Right. Nobody wants to hear <laughs> Patrick Beverly's KD takes. I'm sorry. <laughs> They just don't. That is, nobody's like, oh, man, what's that amazing Dave Chappelle skit where he's talking about how after 9-11, uh, MTV called up Ja Rule to get his take on it. 
And Dave Chappelle's like, Dave Chappelle's like, I don't want to hear my jaw rule. I'm scared, man. Like, where's Ja? What's Ja say? Like, was there anyone in the world that after the KD stuff, they're like, oh man, what's Beverly's take on it? But it, but the best part of the Beverly tweet is the noted, but noted. What noted for what fucking reason? <laughs> what are you gonna do about it now, Patrick Beverly? You're a foot shorter than him, <laughs> and the last time you played him in a relevant game, he scored 50 on your Clippers. When, this is back when he was with Golden State. His last the, About a month before he blew his Achilles. He scored 50 on the Clippers. And Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams were asked about it after the game, and they both just started laughing when they were asked about why you couldn't stop him. And Lou Williams goes, we tried. And Patrick <laughs> Beverly's laughing. He's like, what do you want to do? Is Kevin Durant. <laughs> And now Patrick Beverly's like, oh, and there's the clock. We got we, we're go a little long, but not super long. Uh, Patrick uh, Beverly's like, oh, noted. Can you? Um, Patrick Beverly is going to be doing his stupid little stance with his forearm in Durant's back, and Durant's going to have to look down to see him. <laughs> Honestly, such a goofball. I really think KD took the high ground as far as like the hashtag. Yeah, KD. KD's funny on Twitter, man. Yeah, KD's got a good Twitter persona. KD was on one yesterday on Twitter. Yeah. The, so no, I'm I'm all for that, but okay, let's let's wrap this up because I said we're not going to go super long today. Let's talk about your boy. Uh, now that Katie and Kyrie are staying, yes, your boy. Uh-huh. Now that Katie and Kyrie are staying in Brooklyn, the Lakers seem to probably stuck with Russ. Uh, it seemed like when Le- LeBron resigned that they'd give up the one and two pick to trade for Kyrie, mm-hmm. but that's definitely not happening now. Uh, so what should the Lakers do with LeBron now that this is their situation or okay. their reality? Should I say? Uh, okay, so. All right. I'm not yet certain Kyrie won't end up on the Lakers. Because like I said, I'm not yet certain this thing doesn't still blow up in Brooklyn. But this is obviously less than ideal for the Lakers. There was a scenario where everyone was going to win. Katie was going to go to Boston. Kyrie was going to go to the Lakers. We could have a Lakers-Celtics NBA Finals the two most storied franchises in NBA history, both with 17 championships, right? fighting for 18. It would be KD versus LeBron in a fair match in the finals for the first time since 2012, and we could see it. Now, the Lakers have some work to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my guess is what the Lakers do is start the year with Russ, Okay. see if it can work with Darvin Ham. Hey, man, everybody's disrespecting Russ, man. I think I think the guy just had I think he let the fans get in his head much like Ben Simmons. I think that the fans really do have like a, a an impact on like the way that players play mm-hmm. and like when they're not on your side and like they're chanting stuff like that towards Russell Westbrook. I think that I think that I honestly think he's going to prove people wrong. This year. Okay, I hope you're right. I think if he's going to prove people wrong, it's going to have to come in a different uniform. Okay. This idea I read a report while I was in Rome that they're the plan is to try to turn Russell Westbrook into a corner three-point shooter. Like, come on, man. Oh, that's that's wild. That's wild. It's not a good idea. <laughs> but if they do make a trade, it's probably with Indiana, the deal we keep hearing about involving Miles Turner. I, I This is a bummer for the Lakers. There's no way around <laughs> it. Kyrie was the only guy they could acquire at that level, given their lack of assets, because they were the only team that wanted him. And now it looks like the Nets are just running it back. So, yeah, it's not ideal. It's not ideal for the Lakers. Right now, they, much like the Nets, are in the non-contender 
category. I'm glad that you're being fair. I'm of course I'm always <laughs> fair. I'm spitting. I'm so angry. I'm always fair. Don't doubt my fairness. Hey man, we'll be right back. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef crafted, never frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The the rust thing might have been spotty, but the Nets, I'm not going to lie, man. If the team's going to stay together, I don't think the, the chemistry is obviously important, but I feel like the, if the chemistry was as bad as everybody thinks it, that it should be, given everything that happened, then they, they wouldn't be sticking together. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Horrible take? No, I mean, you were like, if the chemistry was as bad as everybody thinks it is, they wouldn't be sticking together. Well, here's how bad the chemistry was. Kyrie asked for and was requested the ability to seek a trade. KD demanded a trade, then demanded the coach and the GM be fired. Those things happened. And then they all came back. This is a couple that got divorced, filed for divorce, and then the, the then they got with their lawyers and their accountant and be like, you'll both be bankrupt. <laughs> and it's like, really? It's like, yeah, you got to wait for these stocks to vest or else you're just, you're going to pay a crazy tax penalty. So you need to wait like 15 months and then you can get divorced. It's like, okay. <laughs> Who's living downstairs? It's like you're still married and living together, but nobody thinks it's going to work. So This is a toxic situation. I don't buy it. All right, welcome back in What's Right, Nick Wright podcast and YouTube show. This is our second segment, and I want to, before we get to our topic in the game, I want to acknowledge something, which is the passing of one of the greatest Kansas City Chiefs of all time, the only uh, Chiefs quarterback to win a Super Bowl prior to Patrick Mahomes, Lynn Dawson. And there is a massive personal connection between myself and Lynn Dawson that I just want to acknowledge, which is, I I do not think it is a stretch to say that I would not be in this field or have this job if not for some things Lynn Dawson 
helped do for me when I was a very little kid, even though he didn't know me. So Lynn Dawson was the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs for my from before I was born until a decade ago. He did the color commentary on the radio broadcasts. And after the games, there was a post-game call-in show with Bill Grigsby that Lynn Dawson was a part of in different various capacities. And that was where I got my passion for radio and my passion for giving takes. So I would go to these Chiefs games with my dad every, every Sunday they had home games. And we'd stay for the whole game. We'd, we'd get there hours early and tailgate. The tailgating in Kansas City is legendary. It's unbelievable. We'd stay for the game. And then after the game, we'd be in the parking lot and the post-game call-in show would be on. And I called every single game. And I was nine years old, 10 years old, 11 years old. And you, they could tell that. Right. And at first, they wouldn't let me on. And then... I realized they wouldn't let me on because they didn't want to put kids on. Right. So I would have, when the call screener would answer, I would have my dad say Nick in Kansas City. And then when they put him on hold, give it to me. <laughs> and the first time I got on, I was nine or 10 years old. And I don't remember specifically if Lynn was on this broadcast, or it was just Bill Grigsby, whatever it was. They complimented my observation. And they said, call back anytime. And they called me Nick the Kid. And I called in to every show for like the next three years. And it was, they had like a special segment where it was like, oh, it's time for Nick the Kid. That's freaking and dope. It, yeah, I don't, I didn't know if you knew this. And the, the people who sat in our section at the games mm -hmm. would occasionally be like, I heard your call. That's freaking amazing. And now, and then... You know, I end up going into talk radio, going right. and doing that. And I always Jeez. think back on that as like the beginnings. Of right. It. And so Lynn had been in hospice and he lived an amazing life. And, uh, you know, he passed away. It was reported Wednesday morning that he passed. And I just he was a Kansas City legend on the field. But for people who aren't from Kansas City, he then, you know, I never saw him play. He retired well before I was born. But he was the lead sports anchor for Channel 9 in Kansas City my entire life there. And he was part of the radio broadcast, along with Mitch Holtis, for a huge part of my life there. And so thoughts uh, with his family. But I just wanted to say, like, if not for his and Bill Grigsby's kindness, I don't know. I always felt like those call-ins helped give me the confidence that to when I first started actually doing radio, I wasn't so nervous 100%. because I felt like I'd been doing it for years and right. years. And so I, that's my Lynn Dawson story that I wanted to share with the audience as the news came out this morning that he had passed away. All right. Never knew that. That's actually that's, that's pretty crazy. And I, what I will add is this. Because of that experience, my entire career when I was doing local radio, uh. And on the local radio shows, we took callers. When kids would call, I'd get, I'd let them on. Right. You're not really supposed to let them on because usually it's not good like content right. for the listener. 100%. But I felt like a a kinship right. with the little kids that would call because that was me. Right. And I was, and I still to this day, 
I was, I will remember, and then we'll move on. When I was a teenager, I got to go on a trip with the Chiefs through my mom's job to a game in Tampa Bay. And like when I say a trip with the Chiefs, I got to fly on the team plane with them. Okay. And on the plane, more excited than to meet any of the players was to meet Lynn Dawson and Bill Grigsby. And I went up to Bill and I said, hey, uh, I don't know, you know, you don't know, you don't maybe don't remember, but I for I was like probably 14 at this time. I was like, I'm I'm the kid that calls in to every game. And he was like, you're Nick the kid. I was like, I'm Nick the kid. <laughs> and it was such like a cool moment that oh, for yeah, me, man. I'll always, always remember. OK. All right. Let's get back to the show. Demonze, what are we starting with today? All right, we're starting with uh, quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, we've all talked enough Tom Brady lately. Sure. The guy we haven't talked about enough is, or at all really, is Derek Carr. Sure. He claims that he is not upset at all that Tom Brady might have ended up in Vegas. Yep. Uh, and everybody thinks that he's going to have an amazing season with Devontae Adams being mm-hmm. added. Uh, what offense are you most afraid of in the AFC West? Oh, to me, it's not even close. It's the Chargers. Okay. I think it is without a doubt the Chargers. Keenan Allen's very good, even though he doesn't like me, because I have the audacity to call him, I think, the 14th best receiver in football. He might be 11. That'll do Whatever it. Whatever it was. <laughs> it, it, this is not bad. Uh, I, I like their coach. I, I love Justin Herbert. I think they're, they're going to force a lot of turnovers with the defense, and so the offense is going to have a lot of short fields. The Chargers, I believe the Chiefs are going to win the division. But if they don't, it will be because the Chargers win the division. So the Chargers, to me, are a clear number two behind Kansas City just from the offensive side of things. Number three, I do think, is the Raiders. Because of Devontae Adams and because while Derek Carr is limited, he is more than capable. And maybe he'll take a few more chances this year with the addition of Devontae Adams. The one I'm least scared of is the Broncos. And I know everyone loves Russ except for me, but... They're already dealing with injuries at their wide receiver position. The offensive line, I don't think, is going to be fixed overnight. And I think Russ is just a lesser player than people are pretending that he is. He is not what he once was. So to me, there's no doubt. It's Chiefs won from an offensive perspective. And by uh, Chiefs won, Chargers two, Raiders three, Broncos four. From an overall team success perspective, I'll probably flip the Raiders and the Chargers. Because I'm sorry, excuse me, the Raiders and the Broncos. I think the division will finish Chiefs 1, Chargers 2, Broncos 3, Raiders 4. Because I do think the Broncos will have a the far defense. better defense than the Raiders will. But yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be a three-playoff team division. I think we're going to have two playoff teams, the Chiefs and the Chargers. The AFC is too deep. I think for any of these divisions to have three playoff teams. But it's clearly the Chargers. All right, I'm told we're playing a new game. All right. We are playing a new game, and it's yep. called All In or Fold. Yep. I will deal with you. I will deal with you a hand, and you will either go all in to agree, or you will fold to disagree. Yep. Our first one, we've got uh, the Eagles will win the NFC East. Okay, that's I will. Oh, I will fold on that. No, I. It's folding. Here's something I don't think many people know. The Dallas Cowboys scored the most points in football last year, not in their division. Not in the NFC. In all of football, they scored the most points. Now, do I believe in the Cowboys in a big spot? Of course not. Do I believe in the Cowboys in the playoffs? No, because of Mike McCarthy. 
Do I think some of the Cowboys or stuff is going to regress to the mean because of the losses at wide receiver and because I think they had seven or eight defensive touchdowns last year and it's hard to have a defensive touchdown every other game? Sure. But the Cowboys are the best team in that division. The Giants are drawing dead. Washington is drawing dead. Then there's Philly. I, I am not a Jalen Hurts believer. I know they made the playoffs last year. I, I I like the kid. I like how he's handled himself after losing his job at Alabama. I just do not think, I, I just don't think he is an above average NFL starting quarterback. So I do not think the Eagles can win the division. All right, next. All right. The Ravens will be the AFC top seed. All right. So here's the thing with, the all-in or fold dynamic here is there's no middle ground, right? It's either I'm certain it will or I'm certain it won't. If you, the smart play would be to take the field. Like meaning, do I will the Ravens be the top seed or will the, any of the other 15 teams be the top seed? The smart play, obviously, there is take the field. Right. But, if I look at it as, do I think there is any individual team that has a better chance to be the number one seed than the Ravens? The Ravens versus Kansas City. The Ravens versus Buffalo. One for one. I would take the Ravens, so I'm all in. I think the Ravens, because they are not going to have the schedule that Kansas City has, because in the regular season, at the very least, we know how dynamic Lamar can be because they have continuity that I have, I'm afraid the Bills don't have because of the loss of Brian Dable. There are a lot of reasons that I believe the Bills and the Chiefs and the Chargers might all be better Super Bowl contenders than the Ravens, but I like the Ravens' chances of having a monster regular season. So I think the Ravens, to, I believe the Ravens are the third best team in the AFC, maybe second. I think it's Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, or Chiefs, Ravens, Bills. I, I'm not trying to disrespect Cincinnati, but I and I think they'll, they're a playoff team, but not a Super Bowl team again. I so I like the Ravens a lot. They were eight and three last year, despite a ton of injuries. Before all the injuries caught up with them, they they lost a couple games in the very last moments. So yeah, I'll go all in on that okay. because if I fold on something, it's got to be if I fold on it and it happens, it's incredibly really embarrassing for me. Right. So I so I will go all in on that. All right, next. Okay. You will draft a Chiefs running back in fantasy. Oh, I'm folding that because I will not be drafting any running backs in fantasy because I won't be playing fantasy football. Really? So this is twofold. First reason I don't play fantasy football is because I gamble like an adult. Like, <laughs> I mean, the, the, it's I, beneath you at this point. No, it, it, it's just it's I people play like fantasy that. football as a way to gamble. You know, the best way to gamble, gamble. You know, you know, it's like, oh, and there's nothing more frustrating. I have a friend. I'm going to say who, but it, he, he used to watch Sunday football with me all the time. And I stopped inviting him. I, just, I already knew he was just going crazy about his fantasy guys. And he just could. I would be, I would have $1,000 bets on a game. <laughs> and he would have the other teams running back. For one of his six fantasy, <laughs> and this guy would score a touchdown, and he would be 
fist pumping. <laughs> and I would I couldn't I couldn't stand it. I just couldn't stand yeah, that's, uh... it. I don't want there to be any emotional conflicts between my Sunday viewing experience. What I need on Sunday is to be rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs and my bets. I don't need to be in this tortured reality right. of I drafted Justin Herbert and the Chiefs are playing the Chargers, so I want the Chiefs to win, but I want Herbert to no. Right. Not interesting. It's a lot to keep track of. And all right, so that's the first reason I'm out on fantasy. The other reason I'm out on fantasy is it created the worst sports radio content ever. Okay. And it, so fantasy worse talk, than ring culture? Worse than what? Ring culture. Oh, no, no, no. So much worse. So fantasy talk before the season starts can be fine in media. Meaning, sports radio in particular is what I'm talking about. Meaning, here's who you should draft first, second, third. Here's guys that are sleepers. Here's overvalued, undervalued, that stuff. Because that applies to everyone who might play fantasy football. All right. The single worst type of sports radio and you still hear it in a lot of local markets and some national outlets, is when you take a caller. He's like, so here's the deal. I'm in a half-point PPR league. I, I've got to start two of these three. Who, who should I start? Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, uh, Ronald Jones. Oh, I guess he's on the seat. wouldn't matter. Just gives you three guys. I'm, I'm in a, I, a half-point PPR, six-point touchdown. You get 100-yard bonuses. I have Christian Kirk. I, I have Sammy Watkins, and I've got Juju Smith-Schuster. i got to start two of three. The reason that is so bad is because it is no different than calling up someone who's doing a show for thousands, hundreds of thousands, 10,000 people, and saying, I have these three shirts in my closet. Which <laughs> should I wear? It is talking to only that person. I love that analogy. It applies to no one else. <laughs> yeah, And they would do this. I mean, they would take these calls. They do 20-minute segments, take seven callers. And I'd be like, you know who you helped? Seven goddamn people. Yeah, I was about The seven people you called that called you. It's <laughs> maddening. So I'm out on it. So would you suggest a guy like me, since you like say that I shouldn't do real bets, would you suggest me be a fantasy guy? Yes. Okay. But you have got to keep it to yourself when we're watching games. <laughs> yeah, but that is a great. Now, that I will say, if you're not a gambler, but you want to have a little bit of action, putting a couple hundred bucks on a season-long fantasy team, and then you're invested each weekend in a lot of games right? without having to invest weekly amounts. That's the same reason that, and we're going to go long again. I'm sorry, guys. That's the same reason I endorse um, uh, season-long win totals. So, like, you bet the Jaguars to win over oh, six and a half games. You make that one bet. And then every week, it feels like you have action on the Jaguars right. without having to bet a certain amount of money each week. So, yeah, I, I that's fine. But I, yeah, I'm not drafting anyone in fantasy. All right, next. We got to go faster now. Uh, all right. So, number four, we got Baker will win comeback player of the year. Oh, I like this one. Again, the, the better option on any of these would be field. But I'll go all in. Because is there a scenario where the Panthers win that division? That scenario exists. All right. The scenario is that Baker's excellent like he was two years ago. Christian McCaffrey's healthy. And that Brady gets dinged because of that bad offensive line in Tampa. Right. Those things are all possible. And so if that 
Panthers team, which is projected to be one of the worst in football, wins nine games, he might win comeback player of the year. It's plus a thousand to bet this. It's you, oh, so you, it's ten to one. I didn't know what the numbers were, but that's fine. It, it, huh? are, did you just make that up, or you were told that? No, I, I just knew it. You, but is it accurate? No, I was I was fed that. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, I didn't know if you're just okay. That's ten to one is I a fair number there. That's about what they are to win the division as well. Okay. Ten to one. Yeah, I'm I'm with that. It could go terribly there, but I don't think that's a bad bet. All right, next. Uh, the Jags will win in the AFC South. All right, I'm folding this even though I'm high on the Jags only because I think the Colts are going to have an excellent record. I think the Colts are going to win more than 11 or more games. The Jags can't get there. If the question was the Jags will make the playoffs, I'm open to that possibility. Okay. I'm open to the possibility that with Doug Peterson, with Trevor Lawrence in year two, the Jags are the surprise team in football. I I do think the Jags are going to finish above 500. I think they're going to win nine games. Will that be enough to make the playoffs? Probably not. It certainly won't be enough to win the division. So I am not. I am long on the Jags, but winning the AFC South, I have to fold on that. We'll be right back. You want to do the bonus? Oh, we won't be right back. Yeah, let's do the bonus one. Sure. With reports, they told me we're doing a bonus one, and then I just I I just forgot, and I said we'll be right back. Bad job by me. Good good job by you, pal. With reports that Zion is going to be ready for the start of the season, Zion will make All NBA next year. Oh, yeah, I'll take it all in. Okay, easy. easy. I think the Pelicans are going to be good. I don't think people remember how batshit insane Zion's numbers were. He put up numbers that literally Shaq had done once and Kevin McHale had done once. His first, so his first year in the league, he barely played, and it was the uh, year where the the pandemic happened and everything got stopped. His second year in the league, he played 61 out of 82 games, so three-quarters of the games. He averaged 27 points a game on 61% from the field. In his career, he's played 85 games. Those 85 games, he averages 26 points on 60% shooting. No one's ever done that. And so, do I think Zion in better shape with a better coach than he had had a lot of time with? With a better team, can be awesome. I think it can be awesome. So, yeah, I'll take Zion making an All-NBA team. Now, we'll be right back. We're, we will find out if Demonze is going to drink a beer through a hot dog straw or if he's going to break my heart. That's next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in. Final segment, What's Right, Nick Wright. Uh, what'd you just say? What'd you just, just say? like a little note on the Google Doc. It says, Yankees fan is a heathen. It just made me laugh. Okay, stop trying to distract us. Are you doing this? What do you mean am I doing it? Where's it at? I well, I hoped you were gonna like pull it out from underneath the couch, the beer and the hot dog to surprise me. <laughs> Since um, it would be good content. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely willing to try it. It's just like I don't have the the necessary. Okay, tools so the answer is right no. You're not gonna do it. You don't have the necessary tools. You, 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 we've been t- okay. That's fine. I would like to let the audience know. That in my quest to become a prominent media member, I once, for radio, blended. We had a contest who could eat a whole raw onion the fastest. So I brought a blender to the station, hid it under the the (laughs) desk. All you could have was the onion and water. They started the contest. Everyone's eating their onion. I'm just standing there like <laughs> arms crossed. They're like, oh, Nick's not even participating. I'm like, oh, just wait. <laughs> These guys are third of the way through. They're crying, they're gagging a bit. I pulled out the blender, plugged it in, dropped that sucker in, poured a glass of water in it, hit liquefy, and drank it. Onion water? Well, raw onion with- blended, in, yeah, with a little water to help it go down. Yeah, I did that. I once... You know, I wear nicotine patches. I once live on the air applied seven full-strength nicotine patches, which could have given me a heart attack, including one to an incredibly sensitive place on my body. I did it for the audience. Yeah, I feel like, I I honestly feel like you just wanted to put six nicotine patches on your body. I did it for (laughs) the audience. I Chasing that high. I have run a race. Dressed as a giant hot dog in relish, like at the Royals thing, and then wiped out near the finish line. I think I saw that. Yeah, I think you were there. I think I definitely, I remember I sang, take me out to the ball game in front of a sold out Royals stadium while, while dancing with Slugger, the mascot. How many of these stupid things did I do to get to where I am? And you won't. It's just so disappointing. Just this week. Oh, you know, I paid out $1,500 out of my own pocket. No, more than that. Hold on. $3,500. Is that right? God, dog it. $3,500 out of my own pocket to the six people who won our What's Right contest. By the way, let's shout them out on the air because I'm glad that worked out. And I, it, it's apologies to the folks who it took a little longer than expected. I just, I went to Rome and I forgot to do it. 
but I reached out to all of them yesterday and sent them all. We gave the, here was the deal on that. It was supposed to be a thousand bucks to one person. The person who got one through 12 in order. And that was in a very nice little twist of irony. You know what that guy's handle is? What is the it? guy who won the What's Right 50 Rarest Players Countdown Contest? What's his handle? Jokic to Murray. He's wow. a huge Nikola Jokic fan. He won the thousand bucks, 500 to him, 500 to a charity of his choice. I didn't, but I read my first tweet about it. And it didn't make it very clear I was only paying out the first guy to get it. Because I wrote, if anyone gets it. But I clearly yeah. meant if I- anyone's eligible. But right. the first person, because or else theoretically I could have, you know, it's limitless how much. Right. Lose. But only six total people got it. So I was like, you know what? Everyone else that got it, I'll pay half to. Right. Two fifty to them, two fifty to their charity. So those other people were Jose Valdez, J Val fourteen, Landry, who was a great caller to my radio show uh, that I used to have on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Landy though on Twitter, Brooks Anthony, whose name on Twitter is th Brooks Anthony. Logan underscore Arnold 18, Logan Arnold, and Doug Conger. All those folks won. Uh, one of them, let me see who it was. Was it Logan? Uh, Logan, I, I tweeted him, hey, man, you won. Where should I Venmo you the money? He DM'd me. I appreciate it, but what are you giving away? He didn't even know he won any money. <laughs> and I just... Hey, I love that. So all those <laughs> folks won. Um, they're winners. This show is a winner. The only loser here is Demonte for not drinking the hot dog beer. That's it. Just wouldn't do it. All right. We will be back next week with potentially some major first things first announcements and some major what's right show announcements. And if you're thinking, is the announcement that Demonte is being replaced possibly after today? We'll talk to you guys then. I'm sorry. What? For what? Nothing. For disappointing um, me? Yeah, you guys take care. But uh, some stop trying to close out the show. I close out the show. <laughs> you just sit back and wait, and then you add a little line while you're reading your your text from our producers who are working against me. Yeah. Okay. No, it's just I don't I don't feel comfortable saying that. I feel like you might get mad. So what did they want you to say? We'll just close out the what show. What did they guys. want you to say? Let's take care. Have what did day. they want you to say? Oh, nothing. Let's, let's talk to you guys next week. Eat it. <laughs> 